Welcome to the Bean Ball, the most exciting podcast about the most boring sport. My name is Joey Price, and here with me, as always, forever and ever, I'm Brady O'Callahan. Thanks, Brady, for joining me today. Wow, we got an infinite season order on this one, huh? Yeah, infinite season order for this one. That's this pretty- is great. The the producers, the EPs just just gave me a call. Go for as long as you like. Wow. Yeah. We got the Rick and Morty deal. <laughs> the, the elusive <laughs> and much desired Rick and Morty deal. <laughs> Famous Rick and Morty Famous, deal. Famous, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a uh, Around the Horn episode today. These are the episodes where just kind of the two of us, you know, going from one segment to another. We're not going to be focusing on a different, uh, a specific team today. We're just going to kind of be talking about a bunch of different stuff. You know, we're taking, we, we struck out a batter and we're, we're tossing it. The catcher's tossing it to third. And then the third base was tossing it to second. And the second base was tossing it to short. And the first baseman is not involved at all in this a transaction and is sad about it. What Joey's essentially saying is it's a perfect metaphor for the kind of episode <laughs> that we're doing. We're going to touch on a lot of topics, but, you know, we'll kick it off with the the good stuff, the news. The stuff you came for. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, there's a, uh, some scary news uh, in baseball today that seems like it, is, it has a, um, if not a, a happy ending, at least a hopeful ending. Yeah. Uh, David Ortiz uh, was um, uh, shot last night at a, I think at a club or a bar in an attempted robbery. Yeah, at like eight forty-five yeah. p.m. Uh, I don't know why that detail stuck out to me. It just seems like way too early for that sort of thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're gonna shoot people, wait until after midnight, please. <laughs> um, let, let some of the happy hour people get out of there. He is. Uh, he went was rushed into surgery. He is in stable condition. Um, so it looks like it was not a, you know, missed, missed a lot of the vital organs. Cause it was, he was shot like through the back, right? Yeah. Missed the organs, missed arteries. It could not have turned out yeah. better for him when unless he had, the bullet had missed him. Yes. Uh, so, uh, scary stuff. And, um, although we don't know David Ortiz or his family, you know, we, I thought about him a lot today. Wishing Big Poppy a speedy recovery. Yeah, Big Poppy, one of the one of the best of all time. A legend. So fun, and uh, uh, I'm I, I was very relieved to hear that he's okay. Yeah. Um, Don't shoot baseball players or truly anyone. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's kind of the that's kind of been the ongoing moral of this podcast. I'd say if, it's kind of in there. It's a theme. If you've been searching for it. Yeah, the Beanball is actually a gun reform podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, uh, we'd we like to introduce a new segment on today's podcast. You know, this is, gonna, this is added to the list of our very popular segments that we return to again and again and again. This segment is called Marinerers. Hey, Joey, is that a pasta sauce you're talking about? Brady, it makes sense you'd think it is, but no, I'm talking about errors that the Mariners made. Wow, they would have to commit a substantial amount of errors for this to merit its own segment. Or substantially few errors. But it's not that. It is a lot of that. (laughs) Uh, I was watching a game yesterday, not a Mariners game. I was watching a different game. And the (laughs) announcers started talking about how many errors the Mariners have committed so far this season. Um, That's so tragic. (laughs) When you're doing so poorly that they need to interrupt another game. 
to discuss how bad you're doing. Yep. The Mariners have committed 71 errors so far this season. It's about 20 more than any other team has committed. They would, they would be on pace to uh, have 167 errors this season. That's more than an error per game uh, if, if they kept at the current pace. And the most since 2000, I only looked back through to the year 2000 there have definitely been seasons with teams have tons and tons and tons of errors if you go all the way back but since 2000 the most was 145 by the Padres in 2001 um and uh that is um you know a lot fewer than 167 uh and I want them to do it I want them to I want them to have a hundred. I'm sorry, Macy, our former guest, who's a big Mariner fan, uh, but I want them to. I want them to average at least an error a game. I was getting ready to say we don't want that here. We <laughs> like the Mariners. We but, do like uh, the Mariners, but sure. I guess yeah, would be fun. Hey, if you're gonna be bad, be historically bad, right? Yeah, that's one way to think about yeah. it for sure. Hey, thanks, thanks, man. Hey, in other news, the Rangers are good <laughs> yeah it's weird the rangers are good um we like to kind of on these around the horn episodes we do a little standings check-in and the texas rangers were the season to end today would be uh in the wild card game uh they would be facing the tampa bay rays in the wild card game a lot of season left of course but uh for a team that i think really nobody expected stuff from at the beginning of this season and in the off season and they have not been very good for the last couple of seasons they're kind of a fun uh story yeah i mean for sure yeah at the start of the season everyone thought that seattle was going to be really hot they were looking really great and then houston obviously is king of that yeah. division so yeah, yeah, it's gonna. They won't be able to catch Houston, I imagine, but they could stay in the hunt and be in that wild card game, and then, you know, that's just a one game playoff. Sure. Um, speaking of the Rangers, though, I sent this to you, Brady. The um, uh, Elvis Andrews giving uh, uh, our boy <laughs> Adrian Beltre number one star, uh huh, a robe for like his uh, retirement ceremony. I guess he retired his number. Yeah, right? yeah. And they, uh, Elvis Andrews, gave him like a. A bathrobe that is a Texas Rangers, a Beltre bathrobe. Um, Pretty and, silly in its own right. Yes, a silly gift to give somebody. Yep. Uh, uh, Adrian Beltre uh, is great. He's like our favorite player. He is the only funny baseball player of the past uh, 15 years, it in my opinion. It should be noted that Elvis Andrews is um, the Costello to his abbot. <laughs> there. It's a it's a team effort yeah. for sure. Sure. Um, uh, on his way out, Andrews uh, touched Beltre on the head, which Beltre famously does not like people doing to him. And he got uh, uh, Beltre got so mad that he picked up his chair as though to throw it at him uh, amongst a bunch of like <laughs> professionals in the the Rangers like organization front office. People. It's on the field. This is a big. It's a cere- a public ceremony on the field before or after the game, I assume. And immediately after that, he set the chair down, balled up the <laughs> robe that he was just gifted, and threw it away. Yeah, just threw it towards Andrews. He pretty quickly went and picked it up. And yeah, smiled. it's all in good fun. It's so fun. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> he is. He is so funny. 
He's really, really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad he retired and there's no other funny baseball players. We're going to talk about this a lot. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's the news. There is no other news in baseball this week. Yeah, pretty much nothing happened. <laughs> um, uh, we both, uh, though, we both in recent history went to baseball games. So we'd like to, to have a little talk right now about the games that we went and saw. Uh, they were very different from one another. B- Brady's was a little bit more of a unique baseball experience. Um, and, uh, mine was just a major league game, but, uh, um, yeah. So we're going to have a little live baseball chat. That's, that's, you know, the catcher is throwing the ball to third and that third, they're going to have a little live baseball game chat. The metaphor continues. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I went to a Columbus Clippers game, which Mm -hmm. is the triple a affiliate of, uh, the Cleveland baseball team. They were playing the Syracuse Mets, which is the New York Mets AAA affiliate. Uh-huh. It was in Columbus at Huntington Park, um, and it was a ton of fun. My, minor league games are so great. Yeah. Uh, first of all, seats were great. They were $20. I was right along the third base line, maybe five rows back from the dugout. Yeah, they're so dirt cheap, and you can get such good seats. It's so nice. It's great. Yeah. Um, so highly recommend going to a minor league game just so you can get those sweet seats that cost $300 at any major league park. Yeah. If you go, if you live in New York, you can get really cheap seats to the Brooklyn Cyclones, um, and to the Staten Island Yankees. And those are really easy, easily accessible as well. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, Huntington Park. The stadium, the actual ballpark, is beautiful. It's amazing. It's maybe my favorite ballpark that I've ever been to. Because um, it, it, it's small, and it's, uh, yeah, it's very pretty. It's cool. Um, is it I, new? I, within the past 15 okay. years, mm-hmm. or 10 years maybe, mm-hmm. it is. Uh, I, was, I went to school in Columbus, so I was there when it opened up. And went to a ball game that first season and cool. fell in love with the place. Yeah. And the, the ownership and management there were very, very insistent that it be referred to as a ballpark and not a stadium because they wanted it to have like that old school, like small town park flavor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it very much has that. It does a really great job. I think it's beautiful and egalitarian. <laughs> and let me tell you why. In the right a right field wall, there are um, uh, like gates or windows mm-hmm. that people just on the street could stand and watch the baseball game. That's awesome. So even if you don't want to spend $10 on a ticket, you could just hang out and catch a little bit of the baseball game. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I think great. It's incredible. Yeah. And no reason not to do it. Yeah. I wish, uh, you know, we've talked a lot uh, on the podcast about making uh, professional baseball more accessible um, to everybody of any, like, financial standing, um, class background, et cetera. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a good start. You know, it's not lowering ticket prices insanely, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that's just really, really fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and I agree. More, more parks should do that. I know some have at least started having, like, very inexpensive, like, standing room seats yeah which is not a standard room tickets i know the san diego padres they kind of have like a 
a public park that comes up to the stadium and there's like a big it's the outfield wall so you can't really see beyond into it but there's like a big screen where they play the game oh that's which is nice yeah that's super cool um but yeah i agree there's no reason not to just like make it super easy for people to go to games absolutely uh minor league games also fun because you get to see exciting young talent i got to see oscar mercado oh cool um play for columbus before he was called up Mm -hmm. to cleveland and he's doing great in cleveland so far so yeah that's awesome it's fun to see him do great there you saw somebody else too right i saw the one and only tim tebow (laughs) play for the mets and everyone every single time he came up to bat gave him so much shit (laughs) from the crowd um which i think is insane he's not very good at baseball he had uh, well, I mean, he's good enough to be on a AAA affiliate Yeah, team. he is He is good, but he's probably just not MLB good. Right, and he's not doing well. I think right. he had like a 163 batting average <laughs> when I saw him, which is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, he. I saw him get one hit, which was very, it was fun for me to see him shut up, you know, all the people yeah, yelling from yeah. the crowd. Um, but then he did pretty poorly the rest of the game. You know, he's not very good, but no one should give him a hard time because he was good enough at two different sports to make it professionally. Exactly, yeah. Uh, One thing I really like about going to those games, too, is because, I mean, it's a much smaller stadium, but if you spend a little bit of money, not, yeah, like you are saying, 15 to 20 bucks, you can get really, really good seats. And I think that, like, sitting that close gives you a different perspective of the game a little bit. And, like, you kind of have to pay attention, maybe more so than you would be if you're sitting further away. Um, but how fast everything goes is like really crazy. Yes. Like routine ground balls, what we think are routine ground balls. They are hit so hard and they are thrown so fast. It really does give you perspective on all of it. Yeah. Even, I mean, you think I'm guilty of this. I was like, oh, it's a minor league game. So these guys aren't playing nearly at the level that MLB players are, but they kind of are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they're very close. It's not like their pitchers are chucking 70-mile-per-hour fastballs. They're yeah. still getting in the 95, 99-degree. Yeah. Not 99-degree. Degree. Whoa, sounds like a hot day. These fastballs heat <laughs> up, bringing the heat. Uh, that sounds really fun. It was uh, great. I'm in, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to a St. Paul Saints game, uh, which I'm very excited about, so I'll report back on that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. One other thing I want to talk mm-hmm. about with Columbus is – we went on a specific night where they were going uh, by the name Los Valeros oh, de Columbus. Yeah. Um, which I I walked into the the team store and saw this, like, uh, Mexican, um, I forget, I don't, like, like Day of the Dead. Yeah, Dia de los Muertos. There you go. Um, like, skull and crossbones hat in these... Um, like teal, red, yellow um, colors, and it's so cool looking. Uh-huh. And I was like, who is this team? <laughs> and they just adopt every once in a while this, uh, like, Latino um, identity. Um, and I looked it up, and it, they did it just to kind of a- appeal to their the large Latino community of, uh, their fans. Mm-hmm. And I sat in the stadium, uh, in the, in my seat and I was like, 
I don't know if this is cool or if this is just extremely pandering. Yeah. But I don't know. It seems like people were super into it. They also, I mean, they're, a lot of their system is going to be a lot of Latin American players as well, right? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that it's, like, important for those organizations to out, have outreach to uh, communities that would maybe be um, uh, less likely to uh, uh, go to yeah. uh, uh, games. Um, or it, less able, um, like the the organizations just never cater to that, right? Exactly, you know? it c- caters to a very specific audience, and it is not that. Yes, I think I landed on the side that I think it's pretty cool, actually. Um, but I do. I wish they would have gone full force mm-hmm. and you know had uh, commentary. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the commentators, the scoreboard announcers, everything. Mm-hmm. Should have just been Spanish. Yeah. Why? Go for it. Yeah, if you're going to go for it, go yeah. for it. Yeah. That sounds fun, man. It was cool. Yeah. Recommend it. Thanks. Uh, I went to a Mets game this past week. Uh, the My team, the Giants, were in town. So went with a couple of people to see uh, them beat the Mets in the 10th inning. It was a, a extra inning game. The Giants scored 10 runs in the top of the or six runs in the top of the 10th. That's wild. It's a beat it. Uh, them. It was very fun. It was Bumgarner versus Syndergaard, which was very fun. And they oh, both like, that's pitched, a good like pretty well. They, I think they both gave up two runs or something like that. Um, uh, so yeah, it was very fun. Uh, the, the main thing I want to talk about uh, is how um, fast the Mets fans turned on their team. The minute that like, in the 10th inning, the pitcher like walked the first batter and just immediately the fans are just like, get this guy the fuck out of there. Like <laughs> just screaming at these players about how the bad they're doing. The right fielder makes an error that like lets a couple of runs score. I mean, it was over. Like they just him. send yes, him down to the farm. They just have no, no sympathy for their players. And I, and I understand it. And I, also think that, like, I mean, it probably crosses a line. It definitely crosses a line at some point. I would say even, like, this probably does, too, because uh, it's like they're just people that are trying hard to do their thing, and it ultimately right. doesn't matter. But I also think that, like, going too far the other direction is not helpful either. Like, I think it's sure. okay to hold them a little bit accountable for, like, playing well. Yeah. Realistically, <laughs> the Mets fans are angry at the Mets organization yeah. and ownership. Uh, and decisions that they've made. Right, and they're and just taking it on the players. Absolutely, because that's who they see on the field yeah. playing. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a, a fun thing to experience. It was a very fun game. This is a little aside, but did you see Bumgarner get so, so oh, pissed at yes. Muncie for hitting that 600-foot <laughs> home run? Yeah. I really love Bumgarner, but he can be what what you hear described as a red-ass <laughs> um, I uh, love it with uh, this kind of stuff, and yeah, Muncie hit a just a bomb of a home run. Admired it a little bit. Bumgarner starts yelling at him to run. Uh, they kind of get in a back and forth. Muncie says, "Like if you if you don't want me to watch it, go get it out of the ocean." Oh my god, that's incredible! Because <laughs> it landed in the water. Wow, uh, which was great. And then um, after the game, did you see what Bumgarner did after the game? No, I did not. So this again, I. Have I like Bumgarner, but I think that these tendencies of his are a little bit annoying. Um, 
but then after the game, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I should just let it go and, you know, let the kids play, but that's what they, they want you to just let the kids play. But this is me. This is how I play. Can I play this way? And it was like the self-awareness of it. I liked a lot. Sure. You know, that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, so I don't know. I, 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 at least he was like willing to, uh, admit it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I mind it as long as nothing happens. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd so much rather him yell at him to say like, okay, motherfucker, you, you hit the ball real hard. Now run around the bases rather than throw yes. at him the next time. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, that was fun. Another weird thing happened in the game and this is going to kind of lead us into our next, the third baseman, he's got the ball. He's about to toss it to second. And it, he just does a little segue before he does. This is classic around the horn. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so uh, uh, our the home plate umpire in the game I was at was hit by a foul tip, a foul ball, and uh, had to be removed from the game. He was injured enough. I think he's fine, but I think he, he had to you know, uh, uh, couldn't call the rest of the game. And so there's this very long delay cause they have to get one of the other umpires to like suit up in all the pads that the home plate umpire has to wear and all that stuff. Um, and so then there's three umpires, right? There's not an umpire on call. There's right. usually four umpires in a game. If one can't suddenly do it, then they just go to three umpires. And these umpires are trained to be able to do it in however many numbers they need. I think a lot of minor league games only have two umps. Um, And so then I just kind of started paying attention to the umpires a little bit more and kind of how they had to adjust to this. And, you know, when they're sometimes there's the other two umpires are stationed behind First and third, sometime one of them moves over to second and is stationed at different places in second. The different kinds of, sorry about that, the different kinds of uh, uh, calls that they now have to make or that they're kind of responsible for because there's only three of them. Um, and it's just cool. I, I think umpiring and umpires specifically are uh, cool and dumb, and it's probably like the dumbest thing in sports. Um, you know what I mean? It's like the silliest thing yeah. in sports is no. that these there are these guys at the bases and they have to like wear the same thing and the like hand gestures they make are silly. And this is the case with kind of all refs, but I think there's something specific about baseball umpires that's like a little sillier. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. So we want to talk about umpires a little bit. <laughs> we We absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. Yeah. It, it surprised me at first to hear that there wasn't an ump on call, but you know, I, I have to imagine that them getting injured is at, at least a little bit rare yeah. and they can absolutely do their job without one person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure. They're going to get injured sometimes. Yeah, of course. I mean, in our softball game this past week, I, um, very stupidly put my non-gloved hand in the way of a, a <laughs> toss to first base, which I was playing, um, I mean, this ball could have maybe been going 50 miles an hour. Yeah, at and most. It is a soft ball. It's got some give in it. Bruised the hell out of my fingertip. This thing was very purple. So, like, I don't know, a 99-mile-hour fastball yeah. coming off of a bat yeah. six inches away from you. Ooh, that's got to hurt. Yeah, so bad. 
Um, uh, uh, yeah, I think just umpires are, are the whole thing of being an umpire is really interesting because the, the best thing anybody will ever say about an umpire is that they like, didn't know that they were there. Do you know what I mean? Like you only know, you only know an umpire because you're mad at the umpire. Sure. Yeah. It's, you, they never get praised for doing a good job. It's only for doing a bad job is the only time we ever hear about it. Oh them. yeah. And it, at, at this point with, you know, uh, review, play mm-hmm. review and instant replay and things like that. It's just, well, they, they screwed up, but they made the right call yeah, for reviewing yeah. it. So yeah, that if, if anything has, is maybe a little bit of a weight off their shoulders, I would bet. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a good book about umpiring called as they see them by Bruce Weber. Um, uh, I read it a few years ago and it, 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 the, uh, he goes into like umpiring camps. There's camps to learn how to be an umpire. And then like, if you do well, you might get hired and, you know, indie ball or minor league ball or college or whatever. And like the, the life of an ump is really weird and kind of sad. They don't get paid that much at the low, low levels. Right. I mean, the players don't get paid anything at the low levels. Um, and they're like traveling and sharing, you know, doing all that kind of stuff that uh, major league umpires doing, but for much less money. Uh, and there's and once you get to the majors, there's not a lot of turnover because the money there is pretty good, and so people hold on to those jobs for a long, long time. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, I I think that like watching a game from the umpire's perspective is cool. There's a, just a lot of like they're they're so choreographed, if that makes any sense, like they have very specific things that they are supposed to do depending on what is happening on the field. And they just naturally, it's just like muscle memory for them to do that stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like any other position players position. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like what he uses this example in the book. I'm going to ask you, Brady, if there is a, a, a pop-up foul in foul territory, like behind home plate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The catcher's going to, Try to catch it. They're right. The catcher's standing, trying to catch it. Uh-huh. What is the home plate umpire doing? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, if I were the home I plate did- umpire, I would be standing right at home, looking right up at that <laughs> pop up, which I'm positive is wrong. Yeah. So I mean, he's probably doing a little bit of that, but he is running to the screen that is protecting the crowd to make sure that the ball doesn't hit the screen before it, the catcher catches it. Oh wow, that's great <laughs> yeah yeah and that but, makes so much sense but that is like he that is their job to do like they know all of that stuff that they have to do depending on what the moment calls for yeah that's wild yeah and of course you read that and you're like oh of course that's obviously what they're doing if they couldn't be doing anything else but do but go into the screen but like you're not going to know notice that unless you're kind of told that that's what they're doing right because you're not paying attention to what the umpires do. So, yeah, don't fault me for not... I never went to one of these umpire camps, <laughs> Joe. I'm not... Hey, Brady, I'm not getting mad at you. All right. Oh, my God. This could be the last episode. Brady, What are we really? going to do about this Rick and Morty run we got? <laughs> Brady really, really erupted at me there. Oof. I'm sorry about I it. I hated to see that side of you. Hey, turns out I made the wrong call. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Um... All right. Uh, hey, the second baseman's got that ball. Yep. He's, he's holding his hand. He's like, oh, where should I throw this next? I think I'm going to toss it to the shortstop. Uh, now the shortstop is going to talk about stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is classic 
around the horn. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, we like to explain a confusing aspect of baseball in these episodes sometimes, yeah. right? Let's talk about it. Yeah, we, uh, a friend of the pod, Nick Henry, yep. uh, asked specifically Joey about this. Yeah, he, I know I've t- uh, talked a lot uh, 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 already, but uh, he asked me about, he was watching a game, a Rockies game, I believe, and the announcers started, they mentioned this stat that I had never heard of as well. Uh, called Lips. <laughs> I love it already. Uh, it is uh, late inning pressure situation. And I'm just going to read the first sentence of it, because actually the first two sentences of it. Okay. Late inning pressure situations are defined as any at bat in the seventh inning or later where the batter's team trails by three runs or fewer, is tied, or is ahead by only one run. If the bases are loaded and the batting team trails by four runs, this also counts as a late ending pressure situation. So the problem we already have is that like, it's such a rare, uh, it's not rare, but it's just such like a, like uh, a situation that you have to kind of be put into in order for this to be a thing that matters. Sure. I, I wouldn't say that this is needlessly complicated. You wouldn't? Oh, I absolutely would. <laughs> I was being very facetious. Yeah, it is needlessly complicated. What this stat is trying to figure out is how clutch a player is. That is what it is. Okay, I understand it, and I think that that's actually cool. That's a great stat. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think it could be cool. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I don't. It's so situational that, like, I don't know how much it actually tells you. Do you know what I mean? Sure. If that makes sense. Like, is the, is the sample size big enough in those situations to have enough opportunities in those situations for it to really say anything? But right. I... Sorry. And it's, it's, it's also, like, people always talk about any athlete, how clutch they mm-hmm. are. And they're just inventing the importance Mm -hmm. of these specific situations as if they're trying to like, I don't know, uh, create a statistic for a mental state. Um, but you know, tie game, the first person up at bat, that's just as important and at bat as these situations. I, I agree with you. I, I think that is the part of it that I like, at least in theory is that it is created a, it, 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 whether you agree with it or not, it has created parameters under which it is dis, it has decided this is a clutch situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, you might not think that that is necessarily a clutch t- situation, but this stat is saying, okay, these are, these are the highest leverage situations in our mind. It's late in the game. It's a close game. Those at-bats. How well does a player do in those at-bats? Um, and so I, I think... Uh, I think that part of it is is just cool that it's like trying to at least figure out uh, uh, how how clutch a player is because there there is this ongoing debate amongst analytically minded people and uh, about if clutchness is a thing or if it is or if it isn't a thing. Uh, I guess I don't really want to get into that uh, so much right now, but a lot of people think that clutchness is not a thing that if you if uh, if a if player A is good, they're going to be good in all situations. If player 
or in, you know, it doesn't matter what the situation is. They're going to perform the same as they do in all situations. Sure. I just looked up um, most, essentially, like, Lips, best baseball players all time, whatever. I don't know if this is exactly that, but Pepsi in 2006 decided a 2006 all-clutch team. Um, some of the people on here, David Ortiz mm-hmm. as the DH, Albert Pujols mm-hmm. for the Car- uh, Cardinals at first base, uh, Jeter mm-hmm. at shortstop, Ray Durham mm-hmm. in second base, I mean, yeah, good players. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. Is that like, yeah, well, those are also great players. These, <laughs> like, yeah, these are the best clutch hitters in baseball as of two thousand one. I don't know. Oh, the and sporting decided, news decided by. Oh, okay. The sporting news, uh-huh. which I've never heard of, but I trust them implicitly. <laughs> uh, number one, Derek Jeter. Number two, Jason Giambi. Number three, Sammy Sosa. Number four, Ichiro Suzuki. Number five, Roberto Alomar. Yeah, sure. What what a, uh, a a stat person would tell you is that if you like look at their numbers uh, in the regular season versus the playoffs, where you would expect a more clutch person to perform better, or in maybe higher leverage situations, they're basically the same. So they would say it doesn't matter that much. I kind of am in between. I think when it comes to clutchness. I think there probably is a little bit of something to it, but I think there's it's probably overblown this idea of there being clutch players and not cl- clutch players. Like, really, it just comes down to how well they f- fare against relievers. Yeah, that's a lot of it for sure, especially when it comes to hitting. And it's also like we don't think Clayton Kershaw is like a good pitcher because he had a couple of bad outings in the playoffs. It's like no, he probably you would still have him be your best pitcher in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I don't know what you're gonna do. Yeah, I do love an elaborate, unnecessarily complicated stat. Oh yeah, what I, more do you want? I've long talked about, and Joey knows this, how much I want to have a stat for how effective mound visits are <laughs> for managers. See, see if their mound visit where they go out and talk to the pitcher, if that has any positive or negative impact on the outcome of the play. I think that's great, and I think this is very trackable. You just look at what happened on the play or, or the rest of the inning after the mound visit, essentially. Yeah. And see. If anyone out there is an, a number wizard and wants to help us figure this out, we got to talk to an actual statistician. And that would be fun. And now that they're actually tracking mound visits, I mean, that's the only, you, you, would need, you wouldn't have a lot of data, but I'm into this. Cool. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Next up, a returning segment. One of the very few that we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, baseball glossary. Talking about some very fun terms in baseball. Um, uh, yeah, it's one of our favorite parts about yeah. the baseball culture. There's This game is so old. There's so many weird terms. So yeah. Slang terms, et cetera. Yeah. All right, up first. We talked about umps already, so we wanted to bring up men in blue. Or blue. Yeah. That's, that's an umpire. You say... Open your eyes, Blue. Come on, Blue. That's perfect. You're talking to the ump. Yeah. Who typically wears, uh, they used to wear like a navy like sport coat. Yeah, right? yeah. You see them maybe more typically in black now, but they will sometimes wear blue. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, a very dark navy. A midnight navy. Maybe. Yeah, uh-huh. There you and go. And I, I think I, I, what I really like about Blue is that like it, it is 
it can both be derisive and also not derisive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can, we have umpires in our softball league and we refer to them as blue, like thanks blue. And like they, it's fine, but you can easily turn it into just like open your eyes blue. And it's, it right. immediately becomes aggressive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good nickname. It's good. Yeah. Uh, another term, uh, this was um, submitted to us uh, by my uncle, uh, John Price. Shout uh, out, John. Hey, yeah, shout out to John Price. Uh, he, uh, in our last episode when we talked about this, texted me about uh, the term can of corn. And can of corn is a really, really good term. It's incredible. A can of corn is like a lazy, easy-to-catch pop fly. Um, he said that it, it. he heard it was... Uh, derived from when, like, shopkeepers would have to get a can from, like, a high shelf. They would, like, take a, a bat kind of thing, a stick, to, like, knock it off and then catch it with their uh, hands, which is great. I don't know if that's true, but I want it to be. Yeah, in my mind, that is true because it's too perfect. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's such a... No one's making that term now. No oh, like, yes. Oh, we got to get that can of corn off the top shelf. Yeah. How relatable is that reference these days? Not at all. Yeah. But like, I love that can of corn will stick around. Yeah. I've heard it on a uh, broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, People say it since uh, your uncle brought this up. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, it's I a love good it one. so much. It's great. Um, great. Uh, the next one is free baseball, and that is extra innings. Yeah, I saw some free baseball earlier this week. It's it was great. Perfect. Yeah. And I also love that it's. Just an optimistic, wonderful outlook on the game that we love. Yeah. If a game goes into extra innings, you know, that's overtime. And some people would say, oh, this game's going on too long. But the (laughs) positive perspective is that's free baseball. I only paid for nine innings. I I came to this game expecting there to be nine innings. I was going to leave after the ninth. I get more. It's free. I love this so much. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very fun and good. I it's like great. it a lot. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, the last one today is frozen rope. Frozen rope is two things. It is either like a, a hard line drive or a hard throw. And it's just, it's so hard that it's a frozen rope <laughs> to the outfield or to the, to, or to a base. It's so stupid. <laughs> yes. They could think of a million straight hard things. <laughs> that aren't just a limp thing frozen to be stiff. Yeah. But frozen rope, dude. It's frozen rope now. That's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. This this rope had to get wet first, yeah. straightened out, uh-huh. and then put in a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a long freezer. Yeah. But uh, it, it is a very evocative yeah, it, image. Exactly. I agree. Like, yeah, when you see a throw like that, it, it makes some sense. I, I would probably mostly hear this as uh, like a bullet. You know, a mm-hmm. bullet is thrown very straight and mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Frozen rope's my new favorite. Yeah, though. it's good. Um, so those are some new terms. You can start using them in your everyday life if you'd like, folks. That'd be fun. I bet you'll find a lot of applications for it. see why not. Uh, finally today, um, uh, we want to talk a little bit about our softball team and specifically... Um, uh, the stats of our softball team. Yeah, we've been keeping track of how we've been doing um, and other dirt uh, 
players. Yeah. After it's our team. Brady and I came up with this idea to track our stats at the beginning of the season to talk about them on the podcast. And um, I spent a full day on a spreadsheet uh, trying to figure out how to do it. And then after I'd done that, I was like, oh, we might as well open this up to everybody on the team uh, since that I, makes sense. You put in a lot <laughs> of work. You don't want work. it to be just for two people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a fun thing for us to uh, check in on these. Uh, uh, so we've got our season stats here in front of us. Uh, uh, and I, I got to say, all in all, people have been playing uh, pretty dang well. First of all, we're five and two, right? Mm-hmm. We're five and two and we're on a five game winning streak. Meaning we lost the first two games. Mm-hmm. And those were, uh, against, those were against teams mm-hmm. that were in the uh, highest tier division. Yes, we are in the league. lowest. I guess it's worth mentioning we are in the lowest uh, tier division. For how long, though? So true. That is something. Yes, yeah, so, but we are undefeated in our division. Um, you know, we're having a good season. And um, uh, we're playing well. These are not, we don't, we are not tracking everybody's stats. It's kind of on the individuals to track their own stats. But uh, uh, a lot of people have been getting into it and keeping track of their stuff, which is really fun. It's the best. Um, should be noted, we'll talk, we'll talk about uh, our stats uh, first and foremost. Uh, I missed a small handful of mm-hmm. games, you know, wedding season. Vacation, birthdays, etc. I was out of town. Yeah, it happens. So I have half as many at bats and plate appearances as Joey. That's true. Because uh, I've missed three games, but yeah. I do not plan on missing any more. So that's true. Um, and you know, you that that matters for the counting stats, but you know, for the like um, for the percentage stats, I, I'm still I got a little leg on you. A little leg. All right. We'll <laughs> no, see. we are very close. We are. Yeah, <laughs> yep. we're doing. We're doing. Uh, I am. Good. I am batting seven hundred on the season with a seven hundred on base percentage. That's because uh, I'm not going to take a walk. Most everybody on this team is not going to take a walk, and I'm slugging twelve hundred for the year. Yeah, I am uh, batting six hundred uh, average, six hundred on base percentage. Again, that is because I'm not going to take a walk. It is slow pitch softball. (laughs) If you do not swing, you are a coward. (laughs) And my slugging percentage is, uh, 1000. Yeah. So we are neck and neck, not a competition. Not, no, not a competition, but I, if we were going to compete, I would want to compete with the baseball all time greats. So I went ahead and I looked (laughs) all of these up. And if we're talking... I would say a 700 batting average is pretty good. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at what um, the records for um, batting average are. So, single season leaders and records for batting average. Number one, Hugh Duffy. Uh, 439. Okay, so we're better than him. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He, okay. That was year 1894. Really? No one's beat that? Okay. This is our first year tracking stats, and we're, we're doing, crushing it. We're doing really, really Wait well. Minute. What are we doing? Ty Cobb's at eight with what? 418. He's like in the Hall of Fame. I know. I'm, I'm batting 600. Hey. You're, you're batting 700. Hey, Brady, can we talk for a second? Yeah. What are we doing in this league? I don't know. Maybe we... If anyone in the MLB is listening, maybe draft us up. Yeah. Mets aren't doing so hot. You can take yeah. us. We'll play for league minimum. Well, we'll negotiate. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see. What do we got here? 
Um, on base percentage, once again, I imagine even if we do get to the major leagues, we're not going to take a freaking walk. No way. No. Um, Joey's 700. I am 600. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, um, let's take a look. Sorry, I'm going through my tabs right now. On base percentage, Barry Bonds, 6-0-9. So, Sounds like a really good season. Yeah, it was a what really good season. What the heck? I don't know. Well, Joey, what the you're heck? doing better. And if I'm looking at this right, I think I'm like as good as Barry Bonds. Are you kidding me? I think I, I come in between number one, Barry Bonds, and number two, Barry Bonds with 582. Oh, my God, Brady. I'm at 600. You're easily as good as Barry Bonds. Maybe not Barry Bonds at his peak, but Barry Bonds at his second peak season, I guess I'm as good. good. All right. Well, moving on. Okay, yeah, what's next? Slugging? Slugging. Uh Uh-huh. Single season leaders and records for slugging percentage. At number one, Barry Bonds again. Uh Uh-huh. Wow, what a player. Yeah, great player. 863. What the heck? That's crazy. I have 1,200. Brady, what the heck? What do you got a good four hundred on him almost? Man, that's crazy. I've got a thousand, so even what? I am like trouncing him comparatively. I, I am. I'm this not is astounding. Hey, we did not know this going in. Hey, I just listen, pulled these up. Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Major League Baseball, give us a call and look at the talent that you could put on your field. We're doing really well. Yeah, and might I admit? Joey's a hell of a softball pitcher. I have to imagine he could at least huck 95. At least huck 95. And that's a two-way player. Sure. That's, that's a two-way player. That's a two-way player. I'm, I'm playing first base or outfield, and I had a couple defensive plays this past week. So, I don't know. Just yeah. something to think about, I guess. Something to think about. OPS? Huh. Yeah, that's on-base plus slugging. Joey's at 1,900. I'm at 1,600. I, thought, I kind of figured, like, well, there's going to be tons of major league players that are better than that. Number one's at 1,400. Okay. What the heck? I don't get it. I don't get it. it it's worth mentioning. It's worth shouting out our teammate, Mike Zakarian, who has the most at-bats, the most played appearances of anybody on our team. So uh, the most opportunities to fail. And he is hitting 727 with a 739 on base percentage. <laughs> He's slugging 1682 for an OPS of 2,421. That's so good. These so, are so good numbers. <laughs> hey, yeah. previous guest on the pod, Macy Joe Schwartz. 15 at bats, 12 hits. She's got an. 800 batting average, 800 Ooh. OBP. Whoa. You know she's not taking a walk. No. Slugging, sh- 1.067. OPS, 1.867. Those and, are monster numbers. And I'm calling her out. She hasn't updated her stats for the last couple of weeks. Those numbers are probably only better. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Well, I guess we're the best Major League Baseball team that has ever played. Dirt. <laughs> Dirt will take on any Major League Baseball team. Dark. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do some stat check-ins later on. I guess maybe we'll come down to earth and be, I don't know, not as good as Barry Bonds, but something is up. 
Something's definitely up. I guess the onus is on Major League Baseball players to humble us a little bit. I guess so. Yeah, you better you better start stepping it up, Francisco Lindor. Huh? Come on, Frankie. Come on, Yelich. Step it up, Bellinger. Step, step up the stats, Judge. <laughs> Come on. Put us out of business, Sanchez. Either that or we'll start not hitting, but I don't see that happening. I don't happening. see that happening. Um, well, the shortstop is looking at the first baseman. He's considering throwing it over to him, but he decides not today. And the first baseman kind of hangs his head in shame and walks back to the field and the shortstop tosses it to the pitcher and the pitcher's ready to face that next batter. Is this all because the first baseman stupidly put his non-gloved hand in front of his gloved hand, (laughs) caught a ball and bruised the hell out of his fingertip it's all because of that well what you gonna do i guess that's it for us this time thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time we'll see you next time the beanball is hosted by joey price and brady o'callahan our music is by louis aronowitz and our logo is by brad mead if you'd like to contact us you can email the at gmail.com Please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.